0: Hey, Stella Women fans, I'm your host, Mary Rectoris.
1: And I'm your co host, Mila Taylor. Stella Women shines a light on female leaders making their mark in tech. So, for this episode, Mila and I are super
0: excited to welcome back Ines Rubio to the podcast from BSI Group. Ines heads the information management and incident response there. So, Ines, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. How are things
2: no in Dublin? Yeah, good. You know, like basically the same as, as pretty much everywhere else. Slowly trying to see how we can open up the, I guess, the country again, and you know, still working from home, and um, um, you know, still still working okay. in, in that sense, I mean, um, I'm, I'm. It's kind of it's growing on me. I must say.
1: <laughs> I agree. I was actually saying the other day to my boyfriend, like, I don't know how I'm gonna like go back. To my old routine i've gotten so comfortable oh, my yeah. commute is one minute
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know that's right my commute usually is between 45 minutes to an hour drive so right yeah i don't know i'm loving i um, kind of just having a lot of time in the evenings and especially now when it's bright till quite late and yeah it's a it's an interesting uh much I think an interesting lifestyle and and certainly gives you the chance to enjoy a lot of other things that you don't get the chance to do.
0: Honestly, like I miss everyone's face. (laughs) Like I miss, Mm. you know, being able to just see my friends and colleagues in the office, like that part's hard. But from a productivity standpoint, I've gotten so in the zone with this new routine that I get to sleep an hour later, work out, and then I'm online earlier than before. So I like that part more, but I think it is kind of tough when it's just like... Me all day. <laughs> It'd be nice to go
2: back like once a week or twice a week or something. So exactly. you still have that kind of personal touch. And
1: I know when Mary and JC I and mean, as you talked um, about being named security leader of the year at the Dublin Tech Summit. So I think security is definitely like top of mind for everybody right now. Um, What are some of the biggest concerns you have right now about security?
2: I guess that people don't fall into... um bad habits that maybe they had managed to kind of avoid when they were in the office and just making sure that, you know, now that you're, you're browsing more online, perhaps, you know, you're, you're checking websites, you're clicking on news uh, links, etc. that you still are a bit alert ultimately and making sure that, Things that you know um, in terms of best practices of you know, check, especially checking like links and uh, messages that you might get, or look at this funny meme about I don't know whatever whatever <laughs> it might be that you that you're just making sure that you're you're alert um, because it's just otherwise it might give you a bit of a false sense of security and also depending on mm-hmm. I, I guess how people set up in different organizations have their setup in terms of, you know, VPNs or the requirement to have a VPN or not and what kind of connections they require to make sure it's secure, just for people to make sure that they're they're asking themselves those kind of questions, you know?
0: So kind of Mm -hmm. digging into that a little bit, You know, people could click those links or look at weird memes in the office. Are you thinking about it more like a college kid going away? Like, I could do this at home, but now the parents are away? We're like out of sight, out of mind with the security protocol? Or do you think there's a host of challenges inherent to working in a remote setting versus in the office? Like, I think different people
2: approach it different ways. So some people, some of us are very good at working in particular, you know, blocks of time, and then we need a break. Some people decide to go for a walk. Some people might decide to just read the news online or whatever. So it's just a matter of making sure that whatever it is that you do from a security standpoint, that it's the same level of due diligence that you would apply in the office. The, The physical security aspect of it as well. So... For example, people like us—we have access to sensitive information. You have to make sure that if you're in a house or you're sharing a house with someone else, and you know you're all staying at home and working from home, that when you leave your desk or your chair, you ultimately make sure that you're sheltering that confidential information that nobody else in your house should have access to, or that um, you know you're encrypting certain devices. And you know it just depends on your setup, I guess. But um, it's just the usual
1: things that you would do in your office, but keeping it at that same level in the office we are like required to when you leave your desk to lock your computer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and where i'm working right now there's no one around me but i'm still like doing that because it's ingrained in me that like and i'm kind of i'm nervous to break that habit because it's such a good one because i've been working by myself for so long like i can quickly just like you know run to get a cup of water and i don't have to lock my Mm -hmm. screen but i'm still trying to keep in like my best practices so when the world eventually does go back to normal you know i'm not i'm not all crazy (laughs) yeah a lot
2: of the time um, you hear about people you know having convers confidential conversations on the train or you know and everybody's like outraged because you know you have to be careful of this kind of stuff that names that you name and people you talk about or matters that you talk about so it's the same if you're at home especially if you're sharing a house with other people some walls can be quite thin and it's just a matter of making sure that you know you're you're keeping that information to yourself or using anonymized terms to kind of refer to something um, specific if you have to. In our team, we use operation names um, to refer to determine like basically all the projects that we have, any discovery or forensics or incident response, anything like that. We use operation names and it becomes quite in- inter- interesting when you start trying to find a new um line of names so we went through we went through capital cities we went through um shakespeare characters through fruit <laughs> veg for a while but that didn't last very long yeah so it's just to make sure that you're not using client names all the time you know and that you're mm-hmm. you're talking about things that are very much in the news or or, or just highly highly confidential and sensitive so
0: love the Shakespeare take on
2: that. (laughs) Some people were quite surprised. They're like, why are these names so complicated?
0: (laughs) They don't all roll off the (laughs) tongue. You submitted a quote that we talked about how our community is handling this crisis and what they think is going to come out. So for listeners, Mm -hmm. I want to share that because I think Mila and I are going to unpack this a little bit deeper. But Mm -hmm. you said this crisis is ultimately putting everyone in a situation where they need to innovate, react, and adapt in a very short amount of time. This is the ultimate resilience challenge. Flexibility and adaptation are key. We need to embrace the challenge and try to see it as an opportunity. So I suppose the first part that I really want to dive into is you referred to it as the ultimate resilience challenge. Can you expand on what you mean by that?
2: We kind of briefly touched on this as well. And when we, when we first met Mary, and I guess the the resilience piece there is just that flexibility and that ability to adapt to circumstances that are um, outside of your control or within your control, but it's just how quickly you do it. And just to give you an example uh, we had a very big project that we were meant to deliver on site abroad in um, around the same time that COVID-19 kicked in. We basically had to just adjust and see how we could deliver that in a different method and something that we could do remotely. And again, there were security aspects that we had to make sure that we had under control around remote access and you know, using fobs or, or other ways to kind of uh, authenticate. We just, we managed to do that. It was quite stressful. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was, there was a lot to manage there, you know, client expectations, our own staff's expectations as well, because it was actually in around the time where some our countries were starting to kind of lock down. Some were not locked down yet. And so it was very much like, you know, a matter of hours or, or, or a day even that where, we were like waiting for government restrictions to kick in and stress levels were quite high for everyone. Um, and I think the key there was to make sure that we were trying to adapt in a way that we would keep everybody safe, that we would try to deliver the the work that we had to deliver for our client um, in, in a way that was still basically the same level of quality, um, being able to keep with uh, the timeframes they had to keep with as well. It was actually, it was a great, great test of flexibility and and I think resilience I think it was a good example there.
1: Yeah I think it also kind of once you come out on the other side you kind of have this sort of more confidence in yourself and your capabilities when something that seemed like this huge daunting task like how are we going to pivot last minute what are we going to do and then when you come out on the other side you're like hey we actually did that that look how quickly we pulled that together. Mm-hmm. I think that can be like a great boost for teams at a time like this. So I think that's also been like cool to see. I know especially with us. I mean, we just had um, Relativity Fest London, which was obviously meant to be in London. That was kind of like a last minute pivot pivot to go virtual. And I, I mean I think right. And I think the team and the attendees were all really pleasantly surprised with how it went. And it kind of just has instilled this like, you know what? Like if we all do come together, we're all in this, we're we're all in this together. There's this problem that's facing everyone, like, how can we move forward? And I think Exactly what you said. It's been like a daunting challenge, but it's it's been cool to see. Yeah,
2: it's definitely the it was definitely the ultimate resilience challenge for you guys. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also it's opened a lot of opportunities for you guys as well. You know, I was looking at I was logged mm-hmm. in for uh, three days, and um, I was looking at the number of attendees that were on there, and I was looking at the list, and I recognized some names of a lot of people based in the U.S. who probably wouldn't have travel if it would have been on site, you know, and in person. So that's opened up opportunities as well for other people to kind of log in and, and, and get to chat to others. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it brings up opportunity as well. And I guess um, that's what we have to kind of focus on too, you know. And actually, we had a similar uh, experience like that last, well, I think last year, yeah, when we were doing, it was part of our um, business continuity plan. And we choose scenarios to be uh, basically every, every year when we do them, and the scenario that we last chose was losing access to our office as a result. We weren't specific about the result, but we said, you know if there was anything, I don't know, um, em- environmentally a pollution or a gas leak, whatever it wow. was. And <laughs> we were talking about this and I was saying to, to my colleagues, I was like, Jesus, that, and it was, was great because we had quite a few lessons learned. Again, in terms of mm-hmm. connectivity to the office and the, and the VPN connections. And if some people had desktops, we replaced that with laptops, things like that. We couldn't have chosen to, I mean... Uh, a more adequate yeah. scenario prep for this you know uh, but that's the thing like when you plan and you go through these kind of simulations you get a lot of lessons learned so it's only going to get easier the next
1: time. You should get the person who um, came up with that idea to like choose your lottery tickets. I've seen, that was, like, jumping forward, so you touched on like some opportunities that arise. What types of innovation are you already seeing come out of the crisis and where do you think we'll continue to see major traction?
2: So one of the services that we provide is basically security testing. We were able to um, deliver remote testing, which in certain scenarios, it's not as easy to do or Maybe we it wasn't a practice that we were doing all the time. So um, in a short space of time, there were certain changes that were done in, in the way that that was delivered to be able to test from a, a remote location. Um, so that was quite quite an interesting one that we were able to do there. It took a bit of adjusting, but it's um, it was certainly something that we could still keep doing. It was not just the adjustment of how the, the work is delivered, but also the perception that maybe you, you would get from clients uh, where they were like, Oh no! But surely you have to go into the, come into the office to do this. And we were like, actually, no, because we've we've adjusted this, and and now we're able to do it remotely. And they were like, hmm, huh, hmm, okay, okay, let's try that. You know. So it's like it was new to them as well, which meant that they also had to be a bit flexible about it. But as you said before, I thought that was really interesting because it was that feeling of guys, we're all in this together. And I think that's that was one of the things that, for I guess, hopefully, uh, it's a bit of a lesson learned. Um, going forward for everyone um, to just basically try to be flexible with your partners, your clients, your providers. And because we come from any discovery uh, background, usually cooperation sometimes isn't at the front of everybody's mind in the case of litigation, for example. But it is nice to see that we've all, because we've all been affected by this, that we've had to get our heads together and say, okay, how are you going to solve this, you know?
0: Well, thanks so much for catching up with us. It was so great to talk to you. No worries, guys. Thanks again. Stay safe. Stay safe. And for Stellar Woman, I'm Mary Rectoris. And I'm Mila Taylor.
1: Signing Signing off. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't get that one. We didn't
0: get it at all.